Hello and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with V's, the vivacious, the voluptuous, and a true virtuoso, Mary Abijay. Hello, Chris DeSantis. Lovely to see you. Thank you. But you know, I'm really not very voluptuous, but I appreciate <laughs> that you said that. Um, it's going to make me feel all, you know, cool and groovy for the whole day. So anyway, I'm Mary Abijay, everybody. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, the verdant, the venerable, and the very, 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 very smart Chris DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, what Verdant. What would be verdant? I thought verdant is green or lush. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think NPR always says that their news is verdant. So I, I like oh. that word. I'm not really entirely sure what it means, but I think yeah, it I means th- smart. Yeah. I think it means truth. I think it means... Oh, okay. I think... Yeah. I could be completely wrong. I could have completely messed up my V words. No, no, no. I I, I don't I think I think I think there is a, a useful I just I will have to look it up. Well, I have to have to write in. Somebody well, write in and tell us. Well, well, maybe if we had a producer that was worth his salt because we have a fill in today, he could he could do a quick Google search and tell us what verdant really means. So Oh, speaking um, of that, speaking of filling in, um I just want to say to our listeners, uh it was great seeing both Mary and her paramour, Mr. Marlowe, in DC. We were both at a meeting there. And we all went out to dinner as well. We had fun, people. Super fun. And we we were thinking about trying to record together in the same room, but alas, we could not figure out the technology, nor did we have actually the, the right time to figure it out. But it would, be, it would be fun. One of these days, Chris DeSantis, we will record together in the same room. I like the idea. That. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Well, and uh, would uh, Chris join us? Although he would be... No. Still... We don't no, need him. No, we do. <laughs> he would join us because you know what? We we would need somebody to schlep the microphones. <laughs> so Chris, guess what we're talking yeah. about today? No, what's on tap? We are talking about this phenomena called, mm. drum roll please, Brrr. quiet quitting. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 it's yes. everywhere. You it's, cannot yeah. pick up anything without reading about all the quiet quitting that's going on in the world today. And so I thought we, you know, we had a couple of questions about it. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about quiet quitting, what it is, why people are doing mm-hmm. it, and uh, whether or not actually it's a real thing. So, right. you know, Chris, I did a little research because one of the things that drives me cray cray about quiet quitting is it, mm-hmm. it has all these different meanings to it. So here are the sorts of things that I learned about quiet quitting while prepping for the show. One, it's not a new thing. Uh, I mean, the term is not a new thing. It was actually originally coined in 2009 by an economist named Thomas Sowell. And I have found several definitions for uh, quiet quitting. I have found it could mean rejecting the quote unquote hustle culture. It could mean setting more stringent and strident work life boundaries. It could mean not taking on projects or or other assigned duties or tasks that are outside of your job description or outside of your working hours. Some people are mean as uh, call it it's, uh, referred to as just doing the bare minimum. You know, as mm. a way to you know deliberately limit the scope of one's contributions to right. the company. And of course, some people just call it being a slacker. <laughs> right. What have you found about quiet quitting? Well, I, I again, I, I think that's tied into the um, 
pandemic or the post-pandemic hybrid workplace. And so I think the remote work has now exacerbated the issue of, I don't know what you're doing because I can't see you. Mm. And so I think that's why this has resurfaced. Uh, how, how many years later now? 13 years later from when it first came out, because there is low trust. Ah, so you think it's more of a thing that the organizations are highlighting and less of the, of the, of the people? Yes, I think so. I think so. Remember now, uh, when you don't know, when you don't see somebody, we don't always think favorable about those we don't see. We often go to the other side of that and say, what could they be doing? Yeah. I, you know, that makes sense. So on the one hand, you know, cause there are, you know, this is a huge TikTok phenomena and some of the research is, you know, really putting it at the feet of Gen Z for really bringing this into the forefront, mm -hmm. but that makes sense to me. So I, I think it's actually a little bit of both. I think it's, I think it's a lot of Gen Z's going out mm -hmm. there saying, we're not going to do anymore. We're tired, whatever. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to subscribe to this hustle culture. And that message gets then spent, uh, you know, sent up to the CEOs and the organizations. And mm -hmm. I think they exasperate it by doing exactly what you're doing. Oh my gosh, they are quite quitting. I can't see them. They must be slacking. I yes. think it's a, I think you're absolutely right. It's a combo. Yeah, it's, it is a combo. And I, and well, I, I think are all three of our, all three of our questions are, are tied to this today, right? Yeah, they're all three of tied to, you know, yeah. by the way, this is not just an American phenomena. It's worldwide. In China, uh, oh. it's called Tang Ping, which translates to meaning lying flat. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have called that that. <laughs> I know. I thought that was very, very funny. So anyway, all right. So are you ready for a first? Oh, by the way, have you ever been guilty of quiet quitting? And if so, define what quiet quitting meant to you. No, I don't I don't think I have a circumstance where I was think because I, I don't think we use this term then. I think what doing the least, you know, yeah. complying, you know, just complying and doing no more than complying. But I wasn't ever in a situation where I wasn't in the office. Yeah, but I mean, you although could I be, will say this, you could be in I the office and quietly quit. No, I think maybe I did do this once when I or early on. I I remember this now. I started out in sales uh, as a, my first very first job. I was a sales executive for the phone company, and my responsibility was seventy seven thousand retail stores Ugh. in the state of Illinois, and my job was to go to get this, go to malls. And go to, in every store in the mall and ask them if they had, uh, if they'd like to buy another phone line. Ah. How dumb was that? Oh my God. So I would do that for part of the day till I got bored of hearing the nose. And then I just said, Maybe you'd go over to Mrs. Done. Fields, get a cookie, and then maybe. Exactly. <laughs> An orange Julius. An orange Julius. Oh, that just dated you. But it dated me too, because I know exactly what you're talking about. Do those even still exist? Are there even orange Juliuses anymore? I think there must be. There must be. One or be two orange. in like Iowa. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think I quietly quit once. And I was working for just this horrible, toxic human being. And I used to just hide up in my office doing crossword puzzles. That's when my crossword puzzle uh, obsession began because <laughs> I had to kill puzzles. the time, but I didn't want to be seen because I didn't want to interact with this person. And I hated yeah. my job. So I have been guilty of the, of the quiet quitting of the slacker variety. And, you know, I think I might be quietly quitting you right now because <laughs> I'm like trying to be like, oh yeah, I'm prepared for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. Come on. You I had did definitions. <laughs> You did have a lot of homework. Last the Chinese minute. thing is amazing. I, know, I would not have you. gone there. See, yeah, I that did that great. to cover up the, my other lack of preparation for oh, quiet no, quitting. I think, 
You never you shouldn't. By the way, if you're going to quiet quit people, don't tell people you're quiet quitting. <laughs> Here's a piece of advice. <laughs> don't prime the pump for them to notice. That's exactly right. All right. Well, before I actually loudly quit uh, this podcast, let us get to our very first question. And our very first question is from, uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you who it's from as after I answer the question. Are you ready? Dear Mary and Chris, what is all this hullabaloo about quiet quitting? Is this a real thing? Part of me calls bullshit. It seems to me that this is just another term for slackers, and it doesn't seem to be anything new. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Signed, I call bullshit in Baltimore. <laughs> I think my other self wrote this question because that's exactly what sometimes when I see the quiet quitting, I think the same thing. So is this bullshit? Is this anything new? Like, is this something real that people should be concerned about, Chris DeSantis? Well, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a okay. rant here because I, I agree with BB. I, I, there's no there there. This is a tempest in a teapot. There's really no evidence that this is a sweeping the country. The only thing sweeping the country is news services picking up on this pithy phrase and repeating it again and again. And not unlike we're doing answering the question. You see, yeah. we're propagating it, right? We we're enablers. Yeah, Yes. It, you know what this is? This is like a variation of the great resignation. While there was an uptick in service job turnovers, right, and people retiring due to the onslaught of the, you know, the pandemic, there were no inordinate masses of people leaving the job. But again, the great resignation is a nice phrase. And again, it entered the news cycle and piqued interest, you know, the interest of readers. So I think what's really going on is what's been going on all along. Some people have been accused of, of being lazy when, in fact, work is making more and more demands of them, and at the same time, it's increasing stress levels, and the work itself remains unengaging. So, some more vocal employees are saying, I will not die for you. You yeah. are not paying me enough to do more than I can do, and you are not treating me with the kind of respect and dignity uh, I think I'm worthy of. So, in that sense, um, some of them are fed up, I think. You know what else doesn't help? Yeah, I'm going to go on here. Please it, what the, bring it, baby. It bring it. Yeah, it Rant doesn't help away. that that these remote work business, sort of these remote work businesses, are using this Panopticon software, you know, to track employees' work habits with cameras that look back. How creepy is that? Counting your keystrokes, electronic micromanaging. Who wants to have that home? Who wants to have your home turned into a white collar sweatshop? You see. <laughs> <laughs> creepy, creepy. So uh, if you're not getting out enough out of your workers, then, and that's plural, that workers, then don't blame your workers. Blame the management for doing a shitty job of building trust, not showing encouragement, and not providing the right kind of environment that a reasonable person could do their best in. That's what I think of a All right. Day. Hello, mic drop. And I'm Audi <laughs> 5000, says Chris DeSantis. So I call bullshit a little bit as well, but for different Good. reasons than for you. So I actually think quiet quitting is just another uh, way of looking at employee engagement. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and, you know, and of course, we do know that employee engagement has is not as great as it could be, but it hasn't been for years. Right. Uh, and so Gallup, you know, uh, Gallup, you know, Gallup, people, Gallup, they, uh, they, they, they're 
their whole shtick is employee engagement. And they say it's down by 6%, which I agree. And Gallup, like you, blames the managers, which I partially agree with. Uh, but of course, it's Gallup's best interest to blame the managers because <laughs> then they get to sell their services. Uh, government data, Bureau of Labor Affairs um, uh, records, actually, we do have had a historic drop in productivity in the last two quarters. So there is a drop in productivity. Um but I do think part of it is, I think a lot of it is people are tired from the pandemic. I think there mm-hmm. was a big blurring. Uh, and I do think with um, a record low of uh, firings and layoffs or at a record all-time low that mm-hmm. uh, I think people feel much more confident to say they're quietly quitting. I think they have a lot more power. So I think mm-hmm. they are pushing back a little bit. Uh, so I do think that it partially is the organizations and the managers as it has always been, right? We've mm-hmm. always known that managers are a major cause of low employee engagement. But I do think that people are tired and they're feeling a little empowered now to kind of speak up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's really being driven by the Gen Zs. So they did a study where they found that it's the most, the biggest percentage of people who are claiming to have quietly quit are Gen Zs. And to me, that feels a little, oh my God, we're going to get so many letters. It feels a little immature. It feels a little like, oh my gosh, you make you want me to work? I'm just going to quietly quit. I'm only going to do what I am asked to do. So I have a little bit of Gen X sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of ire towards it. Uh, but I also think because it means so many different things to people, I think it's also a useless sort of framework right now. And I think it's yes. feeding into corporations, as you said, it's feeding into corporations' desire to spy on their employees. Yes, and it's creating more mistrust than anything else. Because yeah, again, uh, when you when you when you um, exacerbate or when you amplify this kind of thing in the press, when you amplify it, then there's an assumption that it's more, larger than it actually is. I completely agree. And then anyone who is working remotely is tainted by association. Yeah. And so I think that's now in defense of the young, because um, you you know the the buck up as it were. I think though when they start into the workplace, they need more attention. They need it, and I don't. And in a remote environment, I don't think they're getting it. Yeah. And so if you don't get attention, then you, you then you give back in kind. You pay no attention to me. I pay no attention to you. Yeah. No. And so I think I, I think they're giving back to that. So I think there's some resentment on their parts, like not being able to fully be embraced because all their predecessors you included, were in the workplace and you got more attention even if you didn't want it. <laughs> we don't want it. But I think you're also, I think you, I think, uh, look everybody, I'm going to disagree with Chris. I think you're narrowing it to only remote workers and we're, the quiet quitting doesn't just apply to people who are virtual or hybrid. It actually applies also oh, to people I see. who are yeah, going Because I am buying, I'm biasing it towards that. Yeah. That is right. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of the quiet, uh, quiet quitting uh, people are like saying, well, I leave at five o'clock, I'm not taking out any projects and they're, they're mm. walking out of the office. So, so we both agree. Let me see where we can agree we both agree that um we both agree that this is not a new thing right right but we both agree that it's probably exasperated by the the impact of the pandemic and mm-hmm. even more by remote workers i think we mm-hmm. both agree the media's field day with this is making mm-hmm. this problem seem bigger than it is and Agreed. that corporations are starting to freak out over this for mm-hmm. no, without any really apparent like data on their own organization, mm-hmm. and they're starting to do a whole bunch of things that aren't really that helpful. And we want people to be more engaged oh, in the yeah. actual work they're doing. So yeah, we, I know. I, I think we mostly agree. Here. I think we mostly agree. And you know, I know. Even though I said it feels like slackers to me, I just want people. 
people need to be able to understand the equation between input their input, productive input, right? Mm -hmm. And the ability to be successful, however they define it. And I think part of the problem with quiet quitting, like I would totally support if people are like, I'm not going to do this outside the work hours. I'm not subscribing to the hustle culture. But that means when you're actually at work, you need to be really engaged. Like you need mm -hmm. to really be productive. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's an interesting thing. When you talked about earlier about doing crossword puzzles at work, I don't necessarily believe that that was, and again, I'm sure we'll get a letter, that that was not productive because the mind is not a continual source of, of production. It needs a respite. Oh, I'm here to tell you it was not productive. <laughs> okay, so you were, you I'm were here taking to tell more you than a respite. I was taking more than a respite. I hated my job. I hated my boss. Okay. I did, and yeah. I was well, just like, but you know what? To your point, to your point, had my boss really tried to engage me, had the job actually given me something interesting to do, actually right. tapped into my talents, right. I would never have resorted to the crossword puzzle because the crossword puzzle, to your point, was keeping my brain active. Yeah, and I think sometimes you need a diversion from the actual... That's why I miss... Uh, part of going into the office, you're able to go down the hall and have sort of a, yeah. uh, a run-in with someone you haven't met or known in a while or seen in a while. You get to talk about something else entirely. It might trigger something later on. You know, it's the break. Yeah, the, it's the break. We need some breaks. Yeah, uh, yeah anyway. so I, I think we're telling BS in Baltimore that what we want him to think about is not so much that the term might be but the but the um, the uh, uh, the dynamic behind it, which of course is employee engagement, is not mm -hmm. bullshit. Right, I agree. Is that good? Are we good? Yeah. All right, I'm good with that. All right. Well, we hopefully BS in Baltimore is good, but quite frankly, uh, he's not here with us. So <laughs> 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 we're just going to move on. If you have a workplace question, hey people, we're here to help. Email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, you're going to love this one. This is from Man in the Middle in Milwaukee. <laughs> 3M. Dear Cubicle Confidential, I'm a manager in the financial services industry, and our top leadership is all freaked out about quiet quitting. To your point, Chris DeSantis, hmm. uh, they fear that employees are just phoning it in pun intended. And so they want to start using digital tracking software to monitor our employees' productivity levels, especially for those who are making use of our hybrid policy or who primarily work remotely. I'm worried about this as I think it infantilizes our people. Plus, quite frankly, I haven't seen any substantial decrease in either productivity or engagement. What advice do you have for me to either convince them that this is a bad idea or to navigate what I think will be a disastrous policy? Hmm. Man in the middle in Milwaukee. Chris, I suspect you have strong thoughts on this. So why don't you take Well, this it away? is crazy because, yeah, I, I brought this up the, in the last question, you know, answering this earlier. So, but I, I think what we're dealing with here is a sea change from an office-only environment where bosses could see people yeah. working if in fact they were actually working or just looking busy to a hybrid world where we have to move away from observation of the supposed process to measuring the outcomes and trusting people to achieve them in the time requested at the level of quality expected. So somehow people think that observational tech will save the day. How weird, yeah. you know? Although having said that, each successive, this is interesting, I believe that each successive generation in the U.S. is letting go of more and more of their privacy. 
So the increasing acceptance of these tools does not surprise me, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't, right? First, we have these data collected from the big platforms, you know, all the all the things about you that's private. Then we see this spread of these CCTVs everywhere, so everybody's watching everybody. And then you have this new improved um, facial recognition software that we leverage on, you know, on, on our devices. So I think what's happening is those b born before the onslaught onslaught of all of these things are going to be far more irritated with this benign observation than those who are born afterwards who will uh, sort of likely accept it as you know uh, accept the lack of trust as the price for doing business they just they just get used to it because yeah. it's so ubiquitous yeah. i hope that doesn't happen right yeah. but anyway back to the question rather than here's what I, my advice is rather than judge this experiment with it so i would pick several groups i would pick one group who you will monitor and provide with feedback on the monitoring, a second group who you will monitor and give them no feedback, and a third group who you will not monitor at all. And each of these groups should be doing similar jobs in different parts of the country or wherever this can be. And then what you wanna do is after a period of six months, look at the, look at the metrics. Uh, is productivity different in any of them? Is attrition different in any of them? And then actually quite ask them, take their pulse. How do they feel about the company? How do you feel? So in that sense, because my, my theory would be the people that are observed and get feedback on their observation feel the creepiest in terms of how they <laughs> come, right? So, like when you picked is, your nose at 1204, exactly, you know, like, exactly. did it need to take that long? Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, though you're right. But now, but now there's actually something to talk about. So rather than just say, I don't think this it doesn't feel right now you actually have bring data to the table and then you find out something you can actually use so but i, I, I ultimately i i think his intuition is correct on this i agree i mean who wants to be tracked i mean and i'm <sighs> sure there's going to be some studies that show that people are going to choose not to work for companies that that track you and by the way now there's all the software that will like jiggle your mouse for you it I, will move your that, screen yeah. so it's crazy you know so i i agree i agree with you i liked what you said um uh, when I was thinking about this, I I went to an article uh, on the New York Times about uh, uh, something like, uh, well, they said nine out of 10, was either nine out of 10 or eight out of 10 of the largest private employers in the United States are using this this uh, virtual productivity monitoring software. Wow. Th that's a lot of people that are being that's monitored. A lot of people. Now, it didn't say, I mean, it named a few of them like Amazon and UPS, but it didn't say who was being monitored. But as you are reading the article, the New York Times says, we are going to show you what it feels like to be tracked while you read this article. And you won't be, you won't be, um, we won't save the data, but just so you know. And as I was reading the article, you know, I was going back and forth between documents to like, you know, take some notes and it would be like, you're, you know, you're going slow. Is something wrong with you? Like, and then every time you stopped reading and would like track where you were in the article, how long it's been since you moved your mouse. It was crazy, wow. crazy. Wow. So yeah, I can't imagine people like that. So the thing well, I, I could see why companies would like that data because yeah. it looks like what is interesting to the eye to read. How does that, you know, if you're, if you're, if, if you're viewing them as a consumer of your product, I could see that. I could see that. But if you're viewing them as a colleague, 
I, I find I that troublesome. Well, and here's the other thing. You made a really good point about doing an experiment and looking at the metrics, which makes me wonder what are the metrics that these spy softwares actually mm -hmm. measure? They're measuring like idle activity, right? They're measuring right. your mouse movement. They're measuring right. your camera when they see you. But are mm -hmm. they measuring... Uh, your actual results. Are they actually exactly. measuring your output? So this just smacks to me of a whole nother way of going back to 19th century thinking where butts and seat equals yeah. productivity. So I would really encourage, as you said, man the middle to to do some experiments, but I also think that man the middle should encourage his bosses about really naming the metrics of productivity for them. What yes. it actually looks like. Is it customer satisfaction? Is it uh, actual output of, is it quality products? Like, because until they do that, all they're measuring is busyness. Yes, I'm with, I'll tell you another thing I'd like to see as an experiment. Uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> yes. Why don't we, why don't we, why don't we put that tracking software in the executive suite? Um, and then we'll, then we say, let's look at that as well in terms of what are they doing in their given day? And then again, using this sort of correlation without, you know, causation without correlation sort of thing that they're, you know, the false, yeah. the false, uh, uh, connection that yeah. they're making. Let's see how they produce. You yeah. see what I'm saying? I totally uh, agree. I totally agree. And I, you know, what worries me about this is that, you know, we right now are in a moment of time where talent has a lot of power, a lot of options, like employees have a lot of power and a lot of options. Uh, but we all know, I mean, economy is an up and a down thing. It's a roller coaster. It never stays mm -hmm. like this for long. And I do think that we'll have uh, a downturn. And I personally think it'll be sooner rather than later. And so now we're going to have people who, are being tracked by their employers and they don't have much option uh, when mm -hmm. the economy tightens for them to find different jobs for companies that actually could actually trust them. Yeah, I'm 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 saddened that that we would think that people don't want to work. That we would that imagine going into a situation that we, people don't want respect. They don't want their dignity. You know, yep. it's it's interesting that we would think that would that's the default. Yeah, that's that, exactly. I mean, instead of understanding that there are going to be about thirty percent of people who are just going to want to do enough to get by, but mm -hmm. there's also going to be about seventy percent of people where if you treat them well and if you engage them, they will engage with you without being spied on. And to your point, if we have metrics, we, we can identify who's not doing well and who doesn't want to do well. That's right. And then we either help them do well or we help them get a new job. We coach them out. All exactly. right. I think we help man the middle. I really liked your experiment idea. Well played, Chris DeSantis. <laughs> if you're enjoying the show, please let us know. Give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends to tune into Cubicle Confidential. All right, are you ready for our next question? Oh, we yeah, have four yeah. questions. We got to hustle along here. Dear Cubicle Confidential, I work in a medium-sized re public relations firm, and I love my job, but a few of my younger colleagues are starting to bum me out. They are sharing those TikTok videos about quiet mm. quitting and are all up in arms about the indignities of the hustle culture. Mm. While I appreciate they're wanting a work-life balance, I don't appreciate the negative atmosphere that their carping is creating. Plus, the refusal to take on extra projects or work past 5 p.m. means more work for me. Our firm is a good place to work, especially compared to other places I've worked. We are super busy, and yes, 
at times it can be overwhelming. Our managers are good people and they appreciate our efforts and they pay us well. To be honest, I think their quiet quitting is childish and immature. Is there anything I can do to readjust their attitude? Signed, time to grow up in Galveston. Well, you know I love this person. You know whoever this person is, this is my kind of gal or guy. No, no, this is a worker. Yeah. This is somebody you want to have working at your firm. Yeah. And I, and quite frankly, this must be uh, frustrating to you, uh, time to grow up, because uh, you've described a good work environment uh, relative to your experience in the industry, right? Now, there's a couple challenges here. One is they don't necessarily have your length of work experience, so they can't share your perspective on this place. So that's naivete. Another is you are colleagues, and here's the rub, right? You said, if they don't work, then you have to. That seems odd, since you also said, uh, these are good managers. And what's odd to me is that if a colleague is turning down work because they're done for the day is, and they're simply assigned to you, doesn't mean it's a, it isn't my definition of a good manager. So that's, for, regardless of the responsibility of, of the work, uh, it's not yours. But the good news um, it's, is that management is more dependent on you. That's great. Therefore, your colleague's sloth is your gain in terms of job security and you know po- uh, potential promotions. So if you really want to help your colleagues, watch the videos, find places where you can agree with their point of view, but then share your personal level, uh, at a personal level, some of your own sort um, uh, less than pleasant experiences uh, where you have worked and what you have learned that sometimes you have to give more than you get. So work is never going to be a perfect balance, but uh, you're a team and we can lean on each other. So the point is you're educating them. Uh, If you know what your colleagues would, uh, I'll tell you in addition, if you know what your colleagues would like to do with their careers, fold that in. Just fold it in. Say, hey, Bob, look, you said to me you want to be an account executive. Well, leaving at five each day isn't getting closer to that job that you want to have. So the point here is that you're trying to find out why appearing working harder will serve them and so but griping about uh these over tiktok posts isn't upping your game uh being valuable to the company really ups your game yeah you know this was a tough one for me because you know one of the drawbacks of the quiet quitting is uh that research is showing is that it is causing conflict among colleagues uh, yeah. because those who are quietly quitting, you know, the work is still there uh, and the organizations have no choice but just to pile on the people who are who are more willing to take on these projects. Because, you know, the clients need to be served, the customers need to be sent their services or, or products. <clears throat> and, you know, I so I think that I, I totally empathize with Time to Grow Up in Galveston because it would drive me crazy. Right. You know, and I like your idea of trying to do a little peer-to-peer coaching and that's really where I would go. And I mm-hmm. might even be a little a little less coachy and a little bit more firm. And I would just let them know, hey, I totally appreciate that you want to work-life balance. And you realize this means that those of us who are who are willing to, you know, to put take a little bit more on are taking more on. So I think it's okay to like tell them, tell them what's happening, tell them how their choices are impacting. Oh, their yeah. Team. No, I like this honesty. You know, I just think it's nice. But you know, the thing about the quiet quitting, I liked what you said about linking it to their career goals, because when we when we decide that we are not going to be emotionally engaged with our work, we mm-hmm. are no longer emotionally engaged with our work. 
<laughs> and there, that there is kind of a double-edged sword to that because if you're going to spend a lot of your waking hours at work, you want them to be an opportunity to be engaged, right? You really want to spend eight hours not being engaged or just right. doing the bare minimum. And I also think to your point, you know, when we quietly quit, we are actually giving up opportunities for growth, development, right. like learning by half happenstance. And I think that I think that it is okay to let these younger people know that there is connection between effort, input, and success. Well, to your point, I, I think what we have to do, they have to understand that there are going to be these moments where everyone is under the gun. Yeah. And, and it's going to be stressful for all. The other thing that they don't get from that is, and this is, and that is not their fault, but these crucible experiences, these, these very difficult times when all you and your colleagues go through this late nights mm -hmm. and work together, to, these are cementing relationships yes, that are. will last a lifetime. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you learn so much when you yeah. do that. And it's not like, the, I'm not telling anybody that you need to work 80 hours a week, but no. you know, you do need to be able to be engaged enough in your workplace so that when you are asked to do a little bit more that you say, yes, you know, if you, if you have a, if you have a, 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 a clear success goal that you're trying to reach, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be like the vice president of anything if you leave work at five o'clock every day in your twenties. And by the way, by the way, Gen Z, you can email me if you want, but what else you got going on in your life right now? If you're going to okay. ever like put in extra, the time to do it is in your twenties. So that when you're in your thirties and you have children and your forties, when you have elderly parents that you've built up enough success, enough goodwill yeah. that you can have a little bit more take some time and cut back because you'll have the career success to lean on. I love that. I think I think we want to be seen as people that are willing to pitch in, yeah. but not being, at the same time, in their defense, not being taken advantage of. Yes, yes. So you, I that, totally that's, agree. That's the balance. And my, my concern with this, especially from this question, is that I'm not sure these people are young enough to know whether or not they're being taken advantage of or whether right. or not they're using this as an excuse just to like... Right. Have, go out play you know team volleyball at the end of the day no right all right oh my gosh well you know what we're gonna have to save our fourth question for another time so because we're gonna have to because if we don't quietly if we don't quietly quit right now our <laughs> listeners will actually loudly quit our podcast so chris i want to thank you very much listeners thank you for joining us today of course we have to thank our executive producer jack edninger uh, for all his tremendous work. And he is, yes, people, he is still underpaid and overworked. And do you think he's quietly quitting since he's not with us right now? No, because he's celebrating his seventh anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Jack. All right, so if you have a workplace dilemma or a cubicle quagmire, uh, no question is too easy, no question is too hard. Uh, you can find us, people, by emailing us to info at cubicleconfidential.com, finding, finding us on LinkedIn, Cubicle Confidential, or Twitter, Cubicle, you got it, Confidential. We are easy to find. Uh, until we see you next week, we hope that you work hard you be kind don't quit unless you really quit uh and if you can't do any of those things chris what should they do call us all right see you next time 